that we have our prayer area, and as you see, that top half of it is filled up, which I love, and those are all the prayer requests that you have turned in this year. Those have all come in since the 1st of January. Now, here's the thing. When God answers your prayer, then what I want you to do is take it from that top half to the bottom. So, I I did not make that clear for some of you, that as God is answering your prayer, I want you to relocate it, because then it lets us celebrate what God has done, and part of what God wants us to do is celebrate what He's done. So, keep putting your prayer request up there on the top half as God answers. What I'm believing for is that eventually that bottom half is going to be so much fuller, because you're going to see God showing up in your life. Now... I shared with you this morning about that passage out of Acts chapter 2 and the relational aspect of, of what God wants to happen within the body of Christ. God wants us to be relational. God created us to need each other, to need relationships. Um, God knew long ago that I was not going to be a good single person. Is there anybody else that can agree with that? You know, I I was not a good single person. Now, I'm not asking you to agree with that I was not a good person. I'm talking for you personally. Now, I am glad that my wife was not, you know, does not agree that I was a good single person. But some of you are in the same boat. You don't do well by yourself. You get into trouble. Does anybody else here get into trouble when you're left alone by yourself for long periods of time? Whether it's eating food you shouldn't touch or trying projects you should never get involved with? How many of you have ever gotten into a project that was beyond what you could do on your own, but you started on your own and then you were in trouble? So God says that we, He wants us to be involved in relationships. So the question is, what does it mean to be in relationship with one another? That's your first fill-in if you have that on your thing there. What does it mean to be in relationship with one another? Connections. Thank you, Elaine. One person answered for me here. You're going to have to speak louder. You answered too. Is that what you said? She got it right. Is that good? Is that one answer enough? Connections? Man, you guys are so... Come on now. Work with me now, people. What does it mean to be in relationship? Community. What else? Communication. Understanding. Trust. What else? Support. Security. Presence. See, I knew you guys had more in you. Sometimes it's like you got to crank that thing out of you, you know. Um, <laughs> we need more than just, you know what? I, I, I mean, I'll just use myself as an example. You know, my wife, when she's gone on extended trips, um, this last time she was gone, she was on a cruise and I couldn't talk to her every day. Do you know how difficult that, do you know that there are probably have only been because of that cruise for two weeks, um, probably two weeks in my life that I haven't talked to her in a day. <laughs> um, you know, multiple times in a day. <laughs> I talk to my wife a lot. I make connections. I, I like her. That's why I married her, you know. But I need, we need communication. 
Now, do you know what number, one of the number one reasons marriages fall apart today is because they don't communicate? They don't talk to each other. So if, you're, if your marriage is on the rocks, how many times do you talk with your spouse in a day? Text them. We are the most spoiled generation in that we have the ability to send a quick text that communicates that we were thinking about them. And if you don't want to use words, you can use emojis. Praise God. <laughs> I'm not an emoji person very much, you know, but... But over the last couple of weeks, I've gotten into a few debates with my daughter using emojis. So, <laughs> I won. <laughs> so, we need relationships and we need communication. And the only way they're going to get better is if we're intentional about it. It doesn't just happen. Bad relationships relationships left to themselves just keep getting don't keep laughing see I knew you had a smile in you bad relationships left to themselves just keep getting bad if you have a rotten apple or a, or a rotten potato and you leave it in the bunch what happens huh rots everything it is contagious there is, there is something about if you don't deal with the problem, you cannot move in a positive direction. And if in the church world, if we don't deal with the things that are going on in the church world, we cannot expect to have a healthy environment. So our next question is, how do we love one another? If we know what it takes to have a good relationship, how do we love on one another? Show priority. Very much so. And this is all going to make sense the further into this series we get. But we have to make the person a priority. Now, I'm not always good with this. You would think that I would be stellar. But I am not. If you make someone a priority, you might want to put your cell phone down. I'm just, I'm just telling you, you're seeing the transparency of the pastor and his wife, you know. There are times that, you know, we, we live by the cell phone and die by it. So be careful, because if quality time communicates love, and we are always on our phone, then we are in love with our phone. Thanks, Madison, for catching me. So, what does God say on the subject of relationship, of love? This whole series is going to be developed around this thought process of one anothering. One anothering. The second greatest commandment given to us in Scripture is what? Love one another as we love ourselves. The reality is, through all of Scripture, there is supporting material about how much God loves us and how we can love Him better. This morning during worship, last week Willie uh, was able to present a fantastic message for us on active and passive worship and, and how we can get involved in the process of worshiping God 
If you haven't listened to that message, let me encourage you to go to uh, our website and you can pull up our sermons and listen to that. You can download our church app and be able to listen to that. It is a tremendous message on, on how we can address our own personal issues surrounding worship. But there are lots of ways that we can do that. Also, throughout the Scripture, there are ways that we can work on our relationships with one another. God was very intentional about helping us to see how to help one another. Let me share this illustration with you. One hot day, Herman Trueblood, all clean and cooled off by a nice swim in the ocean, saw a sweating man and his two sons trying on a hot day to push a disabled, a disabled car up an incline. Two voices started yelling at each other inside of him. One said, there's an opportunity for service. You ought to help them push. The other voice protested, now that is none of your business. You will get yourself all hot and dirty. Let them handle their own affair. He finally yielded to his better impulse. He put his, his shoulder to the task. The car moved and kept moving. A simple thing happened which true blood never forgot. The father stuck out his dirty hand, and true blood struck out his. The father said, I am very glad you came along. You had just enough strength added to ours to make the thing go. See, we need someone with just a little more. Just a little bit more strength to help us get the car moving. And the truth is, once we get something moving of that nature, there is enough happening that it can keep going. But it is that starting process. Many of you will remember back years ago, and, and we, were, we were trying to get some things moving here at the church, and it was like pulling teeth. It, it was difficult. It was challenging. And we, we just needed another hand to push. We just needed another person to get things moving. And we're starting to see that process where someone added just enough strength to what was already happening to see God start to do a little bit more. And I want to challenge you as we move through this year that you begin to be intentional about the development of relationships within the body of Christ because I believe it is critical to the church growth. One of the most significant factors of any growing church today is that it is based on community. It means the things that happen here that are real and authentic will transfer to the world that we live in and make a difference. Now, I am involved in lots of different activities in our community. And do you know one of the things that is commonly heard about our church is you guys are just so friendly. And you're so involved with each other. Now, that is a tremendous thing. I, I remember here this last year when we started going out and doing sand volleyball. And, and I know there's some people that are trying to get some going over in Miamisburg where they've got a new sand volley, indoor sand volleyball pit. But um, there's some things where we just do well. We actually do better together when we're involved in activity, when we're involved outside of here. See, I love hanging out with you. I love worshiping with you. There's, a, there's so much that I enjoy about hearing you give praise to God. 
But I tell you what, I have even more fun. When we, were, when we were downstairs during the Super Bowl playing cards and stuff, and man, there was so much laughter that was being had. And being in your homes, there's so much laughter, there's so much life. Being able to do things outside of the church world makes this experience so much more significant. Because that's where God wants us to, we, that's where we live. Let's be honest, you're here for a couple hours a week. (laughs) That means the majority of your life is spent at home or in other places. And God wants you to have interaction with the body of Christ in those locations. God wants us to take things deeper. And that's where our passage out of Acts 2, 46 and 47 really speaks to us. And it says, Every day they met together in the temple courtyard outside of this holy place. It wasn't they were were meeting for church. They were meeting in other activities. Their hearts were glad and sincere. And they they ate meals together in their homes. Now, we were talking in Sunday school, and Kyle uh, re-emphasized this for for me, that people love eating together. Right, Kyle? Food's an important part. And when we eat together, we're sharing an important element about who we are. So they ate together in their, you know, in their homes daily. They praised God. They respected, they were respected by all people. And every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. See, when you take what God is doing here to your homes, to, um, the restaurants you go to, and people see the level of excitement that you have for your relationship with God. They hear about what God is doing in your life and in your church. There is something that begins to happen where they are interested in it being part of their lives. See, I believe that the church that spends time together grows together. And I don't believe this is something new. I believe this is really what God set in motion 2,000 plus years ago, that He wanted His people to spend time together. As a matter of fact, this whole concept of one anothering appears 91 different times in the New Testament. 53 of those times just in the pastoral epistles. Those are the books that were written primarily to the church itself. They were written to encourage us in how we get along with each other. And 35 times, this, this one another in concept was paired together by another word that says that they did this with one another. So there was a connection that was happening. And so today, what we're going to begin to do, today and next week, in two weeks, we have a special guest speaker with us. Uh, Spencer Kiroff is on our National Missions Board. And uh, we have the opportunity uh, in Dayton over at Calvary Open Bible to host our uh, national missions uh, board coming in for a global missions conference. If you are interested, that is uh, Saturday the 15th. Um, there is a special session at 10 a.m. in the morning on that um, that you're invited to go to. There's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer. Um, but we invite you to come if you'd like to be part of that and if you'd like to stay for lunch. 
um, that is going to be an opportunity for you to hear a little bit about the missions of Open Bible. There is also a special service on Sunday night where Carl Francis, uh, one of our pastors out of uh, uh, Florida, who has been a, a longtime Open Bible leader, um, he is going to be bringing the Word, and it's going to be a tremendous Word. So I invite you to be part of that as well, and we'll have more information in the bulletin next week. But if you're interested in the Saturday piece, and you'd like to come to the missions luncheon and stuff, I need you to sign up so that they have um, uh, an idea of how much food to prepare. Also, before I forget that, next this coming Saturday is our leadership training. And so all of our leaders, you've been getting information on that. We're going to start at 10 a.m. sharp. Um, this is our beginning process for some of the things we're doing this year. Uh, at noon, we're going to enter into a time of lunch. There'll be some other encouragement, some other instruction that'll go on during that piece. Uh, Willie is going to be leading our time of our leadership development there, and he's really been preparing on this. I'm excited about it. Um, so I want you to be part. We do have child care available. So if you have children, please, it's okay, bring them. Uh, Tabitha and Paxton uh, are going to be watching our kids, and so it's going to be a great time. But we want you to come and, and be trained, deal with some things. Some of the future leadership developing, development pieces are going to be longer sections, about six-hour window of time. This first one is just a little shorter to give you an introduction about where we're going this year, and we want you to be part of that. If you have any questions on that, please see Willie after service, and he can, see, and he can answer you on that. But today we're going to begin to get into some of these different concepts of one another, and I actually have covering. I'm going to cover eight of them, Lord willing. Um, if not, guess what? We have more weeks this year. So praise God. But the first one, which really is the most important, it comes out of John 15:12, and we are instructed to love one another. John 15:12, 12 says, "Here is my command: Love one another." just as I have loved you. We have dealt with the greatest commandments that, that Christ gave to us is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here in the book of John, he approaches it just a little bit different. He says, here's a new command I give you. Love one another. Now, is this really a new command? No. I mean, he's, the whole Old Testament really emphasizes the very ass, various aspects about this, this command to love one another. Now Jesus is saying, here's a new command I give you. It's like, let's make this fresh again. Love one another. Now he was addressing a problem that he was seeing. He was addressing a problem. Sometimes it's like uh, we have to talk to our kids and says, okay kids, here, here I'm going to give you guys a new command. Love one another. Like this is new, like you, should, you shouldn't already be aware of that, but the truth is they needed to be reminded of the importance of loving one another. And we need to realize how important this verse is. I'd like us to actually break down this whole passage just a little bit. We're going to pick up at verse number 9, and I'm going to read through verse 17 here for us. It says, just as the Father has loved me. So Jesus is beginning this whole process of communicating this command to love by stating it first. Just as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. In the same way, I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I love this whole aspect of 
being obedient, being tied to whether or not we actually love God. And, and Jesus doesn't separate this and say, okay, this is important for you to be obedient, not me. But Jesus brings it out very clearly. I have had to be obedient to my Father. Just as I've had to deal with obedience, I'm instructing you to be obedient as well. He says, uh, in the same way I've obeyed my Father's commands and remain in my love. I have told you this so that you will have the same joy that I have. So Christ, again, is tying obedience to love and that it will bring a level of fulfilled joy. I also want your joy to be complete. Listen to how important it is for us to get this beginning concept. Here is my command. Love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than the one who gives their life for their friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I do not call you slaves anymore. Slaves do not know their master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. I have told you everything I learned from my father. You did not choose me. Instead, I chose you. I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit that will last. I also appointed you so that the Father will give you what you ask for. He will give you whatever you ask for in my name. Here is my command. Love one another. There is so much to unpack from this, this passage. When we act out of love, God acts on our behalf. Do you understand that? When we act out of love, when we honor what God has established as the prerequisite for life, God acts on our behalf. When we act out of love, we will bear much fruit. There will be things that will be produced as a result of us being loving, caring individuals. Remaining in the love of God is what will facilitate all of this from happening for us. So if you, I know some of you think, I was never going to get that. That's all right. I'm glad some of you pre-fill in your answers. But remaining there. Now, is it easy to remain in His love? It's not. It's work. It takes us being intentional every day about spending time with Him, about reading His Word, about worship. If we want to remain there, we have to put ourselves in a position that we can be part of what He's doing. It is also by remaining in His love that our joy has the opportunity to reach its full potential. If your joy is not full, where are you in your relationship with God? If your joy is not full, is there tension between you and the Father? Now, I can tell you if there is tension between my wife and I, our joy is not complete. It is not full. You, see, God has given us such a great example for what we can, how we can relate the relationship with Him and ourselves with the relationship of a husband and wife. There is such a connection there. And if there is tension in the house, it is difficult for there to be peace. 
And we already have read this several times. This isn't an optional piece. This is a command. And throughout the writings of the Old and New Testament, God goes deeper into various aspects of relational dynamics that will have a huge effect on the church. Relational. God wants us in relationship with each other. If all of you were not here, and it was just me, it would be difficult for me to experience church the way God desired it to be. Because it is so much better with all of you. We need each other to experience church the way God designed it. There is, as we get into this concept of, of one anothering, there are all these relational dynamics that you will have the opportunity to work on that will draw you closer and deeper into relationships with one another. Number two, Romans 12.5 says, we are instructed to be members of one another. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Paul is dealing with the use of spiritual gifts in this passage out of Romans chapter 12. And he's dealing with how in the church, um, the importance of each individual operating in their gift because it will bring about connections. It develops us. It enhances us. See, I love... When Joe is operating in his gift, playing guitar and, and singing, because it adds to worship. And I love when Willie is playing the piano. And I love now we got Tristan on the bass, and it adds to it. But you know what? That's, that's only one part. I love that we've got, you know, we've got Katie, and we had Paul and Linda and Meredith up here singing, and their voices added to the whole experience. But then you multiply that by all of you participating, and some of you are clapping, and some of you are singing, and there is this process of excitement that begins to develop this surge this wave where God's presence is literally multiplied. Scripture says where one or more are gathered in His midst that He is, he is present. You know, there is, a, there is an increased dynamic that begins to happen when the body of Christ begins to connect together towards one purpose, one goal. And the drums, yeah, thank you. I wouldn't want to forget. Some people are drum, you know, people. Lou, gotcha. You know, we, we every once in a while people say, let Lou out of the cage, you know. Poor Lou. But we need that. We need each piece because, you know, they said it, you know. Everybody was looking at, you know, up here they were looking at Lou, Lou to bang his sticks together to start the beat, you know, get his going down the right thing. And, and everybody's got their place. And we have Gabriel. Gabriel's up there turning people up and down. We need Gabriel's in the world, even though he's hiding in the back row. He likes it there, but we need him running the, the, the iPad there, controlling the volume levels. Got Chad up in the balcony making sure you had the words, because not everybody knows the song. Get guiding us and directing us, you know. That's right, we're giving you... See, we need each other. 
You know, and, and let's be honest, we need Debbie and Retta who are up in the nursery right now, and they got all the kids up there. You know, and we got Christina downstairs in the fellowship hall with all the other kids, and, and we need each other in the body of Christ to function, and when we do all the things that we're gifted of, God begins to multiply the effects of what's going on. We are members one another. And just to let you know, if you're gifted in the area of children and you want to work in our nursery, we do need some more workers. Or if you want to work in the area of learning computers and you're, you can direct a mouse on a screen, hey, we have some gifts for you. You know, you can participate. There are areas that you can serve. I am not a piano player or a singer. I, I'll share this with you. You'll find this humorous. I am very intentional about turning off of uh, my microphone. What's that? I can't. I'm sorry. I, I've even lost what little ability I had. I make sure I, I am very intentional about shutting off my microphone. Anytime that I, I'm speaking and then we move to a place of singing. It's a gift. I know. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was watching <laughs> I was watching a show with my grandkids and... Um, uh, there was a portion where they were singing, and I was singing very loudly. And 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 um, one of my grandkids told me that um, that I had to quit singing because he couldn't hear the TV. So I said, "So what? You don't like my singing?" He said, "No, it's not that I don't like your singing. It's just different." <laughs> I love that. Resp- my singing is different than yours, and and that's okay. But see, we, we need one another because we make each other laugh and laughter is a good thing in church, right? We're supposed to have fun. And I love hearing all the laughter and all the times. I love their times that we dismiss church and you guys are here for another hour. And I'm glad that I don't have to just hang around to make sure you're here. I lock the door. I know you'll shut it, you know, make sure it shuts on your way out. That's great. That's the way church is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be about what happens here. It's about what happens after here and what you take into the world. So God wants you to be members one another. Number three, Romans 12.10, He wants you to honor one another. Love one another deeply. Honors, honor others more than yourselves. Here, Paul is simply dealing with Christians living and acting like Christians. <laughs> Do you realize that there is a code of conduct that God has already established in the Scriptures that first and foremost deals with how we are to conduct ourselves within the body of Christ? <laughs> We're to treat each other with a level of respect in the body of Christ. Do you know one of the main reasons that people quit attending a church is because of internal turmoil? A fight? An argument? They see the church fighting each other and they thought, I don't want to be part of that. Church, we need to understand that this whole process of honoring really is this process of us respecting one another in such a way, this word honor here is, is setting a value or a price on a relationship. That's what the word honor means. It is that every relationship has a, a qualitative price to it. 
and it's important. If we don't value relationships more than things, the church, our worlds, will reveal that. So let me encourage you, church, we need to value every relationship that God sends our way. One of the things that is important for me is to get to know people by name. Because I want you to understand how valuable I think you are. And if you don't get to know people by name, how can you show them that they are important? So let me challenge you to get to know each other. Number four. Romans 12, 16. Live in harmony with one another. (laughs) The passage says this, agree with one another. Don't be proud. Be willing to be a friend of people who aren't considered important. Don't think that you are better than others. I'm reading out of the New New International Reader's Version for this passage. But it says, agree with one another. Don't be too proud. Be willing to be a friend of people who aren't considered important. Don't think that you are better than others. To be in harmony with another deals with us understanding them. We talked about that earlier. Someone over here talked about how being in relationship is about understanding them. I tell you what, there is something about people who come to a place of understanding. I... T and I have lots of heated arguments. But we have an understanding. We love each other. Even though we may argue, discuss loudly, anymore. We used to have a lot of them. But we had an understanding, this love, that kept us in communication. So, when you're living in harmony with someone, it's not, it's not wearing our, our emotions on our sleeve. It's, it's not fragile to the point where, man, if you offend me, if you say something I don't like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Pastor, you're okay until you start talking about these subjects, and then I'm going to find some other place that will make me feel better. See it. Our living in harmony means living with a level of understanding with each other that people can differ in their opinion. I know there are certain people in our church that if I have a conversation with, there is going to be a political piece that's going to come into the conversation. I know them. I understand that. It does not offend me. I know if I have a conversation with some other people, we're going to be talking football. It doesn't matter if it's not football season. It's going to be part of the communication process. That's okay. I understand that. When you start understanding the different pieces about other people, you give grace to let them be there. If you don't want to talk about football, don't talk to them. Don't run around and and be mad because, man, they always talk about football. They always talk about Jesus. Can we talk about something other than Jesus today? You know, we have this attitude that comes on us at times. And, and being in harmony extends grace and understanding to people that we have the ability to be present with people where they're at. 
I've got to stop there because otherwise we're not going to get out of here. Listen, I realize I bring lots of family dynamics into my sermons um, because I want you to understand it's real life stuff that we're, I'm already dealing with. I'm, these are not new things for me. I'm, I'm constantly in this process of development with my own family. You know, there are things that we've dealt with over the last year that I haven't dealt with ever. But we're just un- we're un- exploring new aspects of who we are. Because just because you're married for 25 plus years doesn't mean you've, fixed, you've figured everything out. You know, it just it takes time. And the longer you spend together, the more things are able to be revealed. And some of you have been together for a while. Karen, you and Jean have been in this church how long together? 47 years you've been in this building here together. That's a couple years. I mean, yeah, I realize you're sitting on opposite aisles, but no, I'm just kidding. It just worked out well for the illustration. But, um, but you like each other even after 47 years in the same church together. We love, oh, thank you. <laughs> but the truth is, you know what? You're not always going to agree with each other. But it doesn't mean you can't be part of what God is doing through it all. So let me encourage you. As we go through this sermon, this series this year, you're going to hear other people that are going to, part of our staff, they're going to focus on different elements about this one anothering. Some of these things and these, I mean, I just gave you a very surface, very shallow covering of the first four of these. Like I said, it was mentioned 91 different times in the New Testament. Um, you know, we only have 52 weeks a year. We're already, you know, we've already gone through, you know, two months. You realize we're already in March. We've already exhausted two months this year. And so, you know, and there's other things that are going on. So we, we're not going to be able to cover all of these. But I want to encourage you that we're going to deal with some very important concepts that are going to help you develop relationship with one another, okay? So, let's pray. And uh, I'm going to ask our ushers to come. And we're going to pray over that too. And we're going to receive our morning tithes and offering. So we're going to do it all together here. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you're doing. I pray that you would guide and direct us into all things that you would have us to be part of. I pray that your blessing would be on this offering, that it would be multiplied. I thank you for um, your presence here. And um, I just pray today that you would help us to be intentional about developing relationships. We pray your blessing on all the things that are happening here, and we ask for this in your name. Amen.